0: Welcome to the Community's Podcast. We greet you in the precious name of our Lord Jesus, whom we adore, of course. We pray this word will richly bless you and speak to your heart. Enjoy! Matthew chapter 13. We're going to Matthew chapter number 13. From verse 24. Amen and amen God is good all the time all the time God is good Matthew chapter 13 Another parable he put forth to them this is Jesus speaking The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed a good seed in his field but while men slept his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and the wheat and went his way but when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, when, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, do you not sow good seed in the field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, As the enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather them up the, up the tares, you will also uproot the wheat with them let both grow until the harvest and at the time of the harvest and i will say to the reapers first gather together tares and bind them in bundles to burn them but gather the wheat into my barn and i want us to go down to verse 36 then jesus sent the multitude away and went into his house and his disciples came to him saying explain to us the parable of the tears of the field uh, he answered and said to them, he who sows the good seed is the son of man, the field is the world, the good seeds are the sons of the uh, of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one, the enemy who sowed them is the devil, the harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are the angels therefore as the tares are gathered and burnt in the fire so it will be at the end of this age the son of man will send out his angels and he will gather out his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire therefore there there be there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father and he who has ears let him hear let him hear this morning i want to talk to you about a little uh, corporate uh thing that's called unbundling and i want to give you the definition of the word unbundling as i was praying in this week and as i was praying for today this is the word that came to me while i was praying and so i pray that uh this word may may be for you that may be bless you that you may take this and uh, that it would do something in your life and if this word is not for you uh, don't worry there is another bus coming around so just hang out with me uh this morning we won't be long. Um, Unbundling is a process by which a company with several different lines of businesses retain core businesses while selling off or spinning off or carving out assets, product lines, divisions or subsidiaries. Uh, One of the reasons one organization might decide to unbundle is because of. Maturity, In other words, the reason why a company would decide to unbundle Unbundling is a term that we use with holding companies and investment companies. It's it's when a company get, comes out and and decides that I have a, a, a car manufacturing company and I have a clothing brand and we put it together and now they have grown and they have reached a particular level that I want to separate them. And so holding companies would usually choose to unbundle uh, because the entity that, that you are unbundling. That you are separating has be reached a particular level that has reached a ceiling it has reached a maturity and so therefore unbundling uh, is actually good for the company but before you unbundle there are certain things that need to be in place and yet when announcements come from holding companies that they're going to unbundle the share price goes up because people know that unbundling uh, when done correctly is actually good for shareholders. So you yield a greater dividend for those who like investments would understand this terminology. Uh, you unbundle an organization or a company that when it has hit a particular level and you can trust the management that when you have separate two different kinds of entities, that there is maturity in that entity and there is a manager of that entity that you can trust. There is a leadership that you can trust. So therefore, we can take the clothing company out of the car manufacturing company and we can say let that clothing company run by itself and so therefore they choose to unbundle that Uh, you would ask me nicholas that's great thank you for that uh, great investment tip that i'm going to look at MoneyWeb this week and and i'm going to see where i could use unbundling to buy more shares but what's that got to do with the scripture that we just read and that's a very good question you see god instructs thus in this parable that you shouldn't remove the tear unless there is a particular maturity that comes to the wheat the wheat is symbolic to the church tares are symbolic to the evil one there cannot be a coming of the Lord unless there is a maturity in the church there cannot be a separation from that which is wrong unless there is a maturity of which is right because if you were not mature enough you would see that people who are being removed out of your life begin to shake your life, that as you watch pastors and ministers and people fall, you might get rattled by their falling and you would not be stable. Because if the wheat is not yet stable, mature in the ground that it has been planted in, what will happen is that you will be moved as the tears amongst you is being removed. And so God is calling us as a church to a place of maturity because God will not unbundle the good with the bad unless there is maturity and he can trust that when he removes the tears the wheat will remain because unless unless there is maturity you will be picked up when the tears are moved and that's why it's always interesting to me that when we see ministers fall and we see how people fall away that the church begins to have that kind of discussion and wonder and begin to question their God and begin to question their belief because they're looking at men and they're not looking at Jesus and they have not yet got enough root in the foundation which is Jesus Christ because you are baptized into Christ. And I am always wondered, I am bewildered when I hear people who have been christian for a long time and they're talking about they're talking about how that ground warfare they're talking about how they have this fight or this debate with someone else and yet they don't realize that they're still carnal because if you have a difference with somebody are you not but carnal 1 corinthians 3 for those who are making notes because god is looking for a spiritual body he is looking for a mature church how is your maturity this morning 1 corinthians 2 6 however we speak wisdom this is paul among those who are mature yet not wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty. Therefore, let us, as many who are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Philippians three fifteen. There is a call from God that says to you that you need to be mature. And the testing of your maturity is really displayed in how you think how you think what does occupies your mind what occupies your thoughts i know that men who like to fish and this is a general thinking thing amongst men that they go into a nothing box so they're thinking really nothing <laughs> and what you're thinking about the girl comes up to the man is what you're thinking and he's like nothing he's like it's impossible how can you be thinking about nothing but what fills your mind because behaviors are are formulated from thoughts how do you behave when god asks you for a holy conduct he's not saying to you that you need to have more discipline around your flesh he's asking you how do you think how do you think when god is asking you to come to a place of maturity he is asking you how do you see Whenever God calls somebody into a specific task, he will walk past Jeremiah and he will ask Jeremiah, Jeremiah, what do you see? He says, I see a tree ready to bear fruit. And then the, and if you've watched the movie, you'll see him as an old man. But the Bible doesn't say it's an old man. He just sees as a man passing him and says, Jeremiah, you see well. We know that this is God speaking to Jeremiah to get him ready, because how you see is how you would think. Your perception is based on how you think and how you think determines the level of maturity that you have and so when God is getting ready to remove remove the tears of your life getting ready to remove the people in your life that are not supposed to be there it should not shake you because as one John 29 says with uh, the Apostle John writes to the church it says they went out from us but they were not of us for if they had been of us they would never have con- they would have continued with us but they went out that they may be made, made manifest that none of them were made of of us The people that don't stick with you you need maturity so that you don't get driven away you don't get pulled away by people that are being pulled away from you you cannot hold on to people that god doesn't want in your life because how do you know that these are not people that god has plucked out of your life because he's bringing you to a place of maturity when god starts removing people in your life and removing things in your life he's saying to you that you're mature enough to still stay planted here Don't ever force anybody to be with you that's not supposed to be with you. I want us to go to Philippians 2. Therefore, of any uh, consolation for verse one in christ if any comfort of love if any fellowship of the spirit if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy by being like-minded highlight like-minded having the same love being of one accord of one mind one mind let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself let each one of you look out not only for his own interests but also for the interests of others why is it important for you to have the same mind because a man who is double-minded is unstable in all of his ways why is it important for you to have the same mind because you would remember that jesus said this in the gospels in, in matthew chapter number eight he said this he says foxes have holes birds have nests but the son of man doesn't have a place to lay his head his head his headship he is the head of the church he he, the the mind is is his mind we have the mind of christ so god is calling us to have the same mind he's calling us to think the same way and signs of maturity is the way that you think signs of your spiritual maturity is the way that you see things around you if you're constantly seeing people as the enemy then your warfare is in the flesh your warfare is then with yourself because when you fight the flesh you're fighting with yourself When you begin to see spirits that are in operation in the air and you begin to see spirits that influence people to mess with you, you begin to understand that your warfare is not with the person, but the spirit that sent that person. And remember that everything that is allowed, God has to allow it first, meaning the devil could not come to Job unless God allowed it. The devil cannot touch you unless God allowed it. The question that you have to ask is why would God allow someone? or something to touch you. Because you were created to be more than a conqueror. You were created to be more than an overcomer. You were created to be first, not last. And so the, glo- the the suffering is a revealing of the glorification that awaits for you. We suffer now, but there's a glorification that waits for you. And God says, if you endure, I will bless you. If you endure this temptation, if you get through this trial, I will bless you. Because uh, there is a glorification that waits for you and I. There is, there, you must to begin to understand that God is calling you to be a prince. He's calling you to be a king. He's calling you to be more than what you are. God's purpose and plan for your life is not for you to remain a loser. It's not for you to remain at the back of the line. He's called you to be first. He's calling you to be with Him. Everything that God has created in creation, whatever we see in creation, God has created only one thing after His own image and after His own likeness, and that is you and me. You are the object of his affection, so that he may become the object of your affection. Foxes have holes, birds have nests e- in the air, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Why? Because the body of Christ is not yet mature enough for the headship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ooh. God is calling us to one body. Why? Because there's one Father, there's one Son there's one spirit, so there's one body. You are part of the one body. Why was uh, John the Baptist's head beheaded? Why did he lose his head? Because there's a new head in town. Because in Luke 16, uh, Luke chapter 16, we find that the prophets and the law was until John the Baptist, which meant what? That there is a new movement in town because there is a new kid in town, there's a new man in town, his name is Jesus, and he's here to restore what we had lost. He's here to say that this is how this was, but now I'm here to bring something in new. So John the Baptist who represented everything that was of the old move of God had to be beheaded so that they become a new head in town so that you would have the mind of Christ. But Jesus knew that this was going to come and said I don't have a place to lay my head because you're still asking Peter who's greater and you're still asking John do I sit on your right hand side or your left hand side because you're concerned about earthly things and not heavenly things because you're not setting your mind on higher things. You're setting them on lower things and he's calling us into one body and saying that the body is not yet mature enough to hold his head not mature enough to hold his head we know that israel everything that was in the old testament is a type and shadow of the things to come israel was called to be god's son exodus chapter number four you remember when pharaoh when moses comes up to pharaoh and says uh, let my people go let my my children go let my firstborn israel go but yet jesus becomes the firstborn why does jesus become the firstborn because we read in scripture that he is the firstborn among the dead So, He is the firstborn of those who are raised, and when you are baptized in Christ, you because when you get baptized in water, when we go through baptizo, it is a type and shadow of mikvah, which is in the Old Testament, that is cleansing yourself, but the baptism means more for us because we identify ourselves with the types and shadow of the crucifixion and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, the baptism is when you stand up with God, and because He stood up, you'll stand up, and He is the firstborn of those who are dead, in other words, He lived captivity captive in other words he led them from one state of being captured to another state of being captured with god and because he was the firstborn and you and i who are in christ jesus meaning that you and i are in the man that when we stand up we stand up with him because when he stands i stand i am able to stand because he stood i am able to survive the persecution because he survived the persecution and he is the firstborn amongst the dead so therefore the firstborn gets the double portion, blessing. Why does the firstborn get the double portion? Because the firstborn was supposed to show the other children how the father's business is conducted. So I will teach you the way that you should go, Israel. I shall teach you the way that you should go, church. So as the church is supposed to show the world how to do its thing. That's why we have the double portion, because we are stewarding what God has created us to steward. we are stewarding what God has given to us and we're showing the world how marriages should work we're showing the world how businesses should be run we're showing the world how to discipline your children we're showing the world how to be creative we're showing the world what they should be doing And the world should be looking at us as the potential children of God and be looking at the older son, the church, because in Christ Jesus, we're the firstborn, because whatever he gets, we get. Why do you say that he's the firstborn and why should we get what he gets? Because you would remember Jacob, who was the secondborn. when he came to his father Isaac, he dressed himself like Esau, his brother, so that he may get the firstborn blessing. (laughs) you <laughs> And when he got the firstborn blessing, Esau came to Isaac and said, you've made a mistake. And he said, what I have done, I have done. And then Jacob had some grandchildren called Manasseh and Ephraim. And Manasseh was the firstborn and Ephraim was the secondborn. And when Joseph brought them to get the blessing from the grandfather, as it was in the Semitic times, that the grandfather was the one who would give the blessing to the grandchildren. That's why it's, That's why you as a grandfather need to understand your role in the house, because you this the potential to release the blessing that lasts a thousand generation over your children and your grandchildren that's the position of a grandfather so what would happen was uh, Manasseh went to Jacob's left hand and Ephraim went to the right hand where the double portion was which was allocated for the firstborn and he blessed him and when Joseph tried to correct him Jacob said don't what I've done I've done." Because Hosea seven verse eight, who would say, "Ephraim has mixed himself among the people. Ephraim is a cake unturned. Ephraim has mixed himself with the Gentile nation." That's why many Jew Orthodox Jewish rabbis believe that Ephraim is the type and shadow of the Gentile nation. It's, in other words, Ephraim is the church. Ephraim got the double portion. Ephraim is a type and shadow of you and I. And to prove it further, when the first promise was given to Abraham about the children that he should get, what was the first promises? Abraham received two promises. One was God would say to him, come out of your tent, count the stars. And that represented spiritual Israel, which represented the church. And then he said, "See, count the grains of the sand. And he counted the grains of the sand. He said, that's natural Israel, that's from the soil, which was the first promise. The first promise was the stars, spiritual Israel, the church. The second promise was natural Israel, so natural Israel rose up so that spiritual Israel may come because 1 Corinthians 15 will tell you that it's first things happen in the natural then things happen in the spiritual. Am I talking to somebody? I can't hear anything but is this is this helping anybody? to know that you are the firstborn in Christ and that you have been brought to a place of maturity that when things begin to move around your life these are just tears being removed and if their people were supposed to be in your life they would stay according to 1 John chapter number two so stop holding on to things that God wants to remove because God is calling you to a place of maturity so that you may stand because only unbundling will happen entities will only begin to increase when unbundling takes place we're going to go up into the sky because God is calling his church higher we're going to be caught up in the sky with him we're going up our share value is going up we're yielding a greater dividend because God has called you to be seated in higher places heavenly places he's called you to the things above not the things below and if you set your mind on eternity what is this that you're going through today it's irrelevant because God has called you for more he's not called you for less he's called you for more He's not called you for less. Romans 8 29 says this, For whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed into the image of the Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. This is referring to Jesus, Colossians chapter number one, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him, and he was before all things, in all things consist and he is the head of the body the church who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead that in all things he may have the preeminence. what does that mean check this out everything was created by him and through him and for him nothing was created without him everything was created for him your trial was created for him the devil was created for him because when jesus was planned he said son you need a wrestling partner the church you need a wrestling partner why because when you wrestle with somebody you get stronger that's why the resistance of your life that's why in Romans 8, 29, it says for him he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed. What is conformed? Conformation is when you're being shaped from the outside to the inside. Transformation is when you're being shaped from the inside to the outside. That's why Romans 12 says be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may test. Another translation that you may prove what the will of God is. And then you're being conformed by the things of the world because you're being carved out. You're being shaped out to be like the son of God. So that when people see you after you survived the trials and the tribulations they say wow you're looking more like Jesus every day that's why Paul wrote in Galatians 6 where he said let nobody bother me about this for I bear I bear I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ in other words my testimony of Jesus is what I went through what I survived what you survived is a testimony of Jesus Romans Hebrews 12 verse 22 but he Uh, but you have come to mount zion and to the city of the living god and the in the heavenly jerusalem to the innumerable company of angels hang on for a minute but you have come to mount zion we are not waiting for zion to come but we are already here we have already come to the mountain of god why? Psalm one hundred and thirty three. How a good it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the dew that is on Mount Hebron coming unto Zion. It is like the precious oil onto the head of Aaron coming down onto his beard and then onto his outer garments. Aaron is the type of shadow of the high priest we know is Christ Jesus. That's what the book of Hebrews exists for, to prove the, the, the priesthood of Jesus Christ and that we are order, uh, according to the order of Melisedec, meaning that Jesus Christ is the high priest. He makes ever liveth to make intercession for the saints. In other words, he is my high priest. He has got the precious oil, the anointing, who comes onto the outer garments, the body there god commands a blessing and life forevermore forevermore rebus 12 but you have come to mount zion you have come to the place. oh i feel the spirit of god you have come to the place where the anointing of the lord comes upon you that when you get together in unity brothers and sisters we can only get together in unity when you change your mind about the people in your life I listen to a lot of preachers and I can't think of one preacher that I agree with all the time. It's because I'm a difficult person, I know, I know, that's why my mother prays so much, right? No, I cannot agree with all, everything all the time because I have my own brain. But just because i disagree on something doesn't mean i disagree with you as a person and i was taught this very lesson when i was listening to a passover message i was listening to a great message from tdjs called the man upstairs if you have time google that message it will change your life right you will buy a ticket, fly to Dallas, sit there in his church just by listening to that message, man upstairs. And I went to the church I was going to and there was this guy preaching and, and so every Passover you, you there's, the church is full because church, you know, Christians, you know, those those Christians only come on Christmas and Passover and weddings, you know who you are. And uh, so the, we we were sitting there, now it's uncomfortable, it's hot, it's South Africa, it's, it's April, it's, it's warm. And this guy was preaching and I was sitting there going, ah, this is such a bad message. I was listening to man upstairs with such a great message. Now I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, Jesus. I was like, oh, no. So I asked the Lord this question. I said, God, I said, is this message from you? Because I was irritated. You know, that's, that's what happens when you're fleshy. And I asked him, Are you, uh, is this message from you? And God answered me like this. And he said to me, the man is from me you see you could disagree with some doctrinal issues that you have you could disagree because you think differently but understand that the man the person is from Jesus and whenever I have a disagreement with someone understand that that person was sent in your life for a reason 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. Paul writes this and says uh, a, a, a thorn in the flesh was given to me to buff me to buffet me ne? To buff me, to shine me, to polish me. That's called confirmation. Say confirmation. It was it was given to me to buff me. And I asked three times, thrice I asked the Lord to remove the thorn of my flesh. And three times the Lord said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. What's the thorn of the flesh? And scholars have debated what the thorn of the flesh is because a lot of times we think the thorn of the flesh must have been some sickness or some ailment or some disease. But if you use Bible to interpret Bible right which is what you're supposed to do twice in the old testament you find thorn of the flesh twice in the old testament the book of joshua and the book of numbers i think it is where it says the thorn of the flesh is a type of shadow of people because of israel's disobedient that disobedience disobedience that god would allow a thorn in the flesh because of their disobedience so it is safe to say by using that interpretation to say that the person because of paul's wonderful personality which we know he had lots of fighting and a lot of struggle with a lot of people debated quite a lot he was quite a set guy quite a dominant character and uh, we know that he had an issue with john mark because john mark wasn't as strong as what paul was in the ministry and so when they were being persecuted john mark sort of fell a little bit away and we don't ever hear anything else about john mark except that he ended up going to a little place called cyprus and we know that john mark never attained too much thereafter but we know that the end of paul's ministry he says call for john mark i have need for him So I believe that the thorn of the flesh in Paul's side was a person given to Paul to irritate him, to mess with him. And God uses situations like this to buff you. Have you got that uncle, that aunt, that brother, that sister, that mother, that father, that child that are there just to irritate you, mess with you, get under your skin? Hasn't God sent you some leader? I know Warren's saying amen right now to get under your skin so that he may buff you so that he may conform you into the image of his son so that you may look like jesus and paul prays three times and god says my grace is sufficient for you when you get to a certain level of maturity And people that are crazy, people that are funny, people that are acting strange around you, you learn to look past their failures and personality and see the character, which is the root of God. And God says, if the root is holy, come on then the whole thing is holy because god is the root in every person i might still be under construction don't worry about my deficiency in my personality i got pills for that but just look at the root that god has placed inside of me don't look at my mistakes look at where god has ut- chosen me from. Look at the seed that God has planted in me. He's just waiting for some maturity because when the Holy Ghost went past you, he planted some seeds inside of you and you might act like a fornicator. You might act like an adulterer. You might have some issues. You might be aroused about her, You might be some supplanter and deceiver and trickster. You might not pay your tax. You might cheat your boss. You might have some issues, but there was a seed planted inside of you and God is waiting for it to come to a place of maturity because when you come to a place of maturity, he picks you up out of the ground so that he may take you higher. And we have come to the Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to the innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. To God the Judge, to all the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of the sprinkle that speaks better things than that of able meaning. That every single time the enemy comes against you and says, this person doesn't deserve to get into heaven. This person doesn't deserve to get a breakthrough. Jesus picks up his blood and says, I speak for him. I speak for him. I speak for him because the only thing that can keep you out of your blessing is an accusation that has root. But when you dig deep enough inside of a person that has issues, you might still find that the root is Jesus the Christ. So what's your tongue when you're talking about somebody? What's your tongue when you think about somebody? Because thoughts develop behavior. And if I change my mind about the way I see God, the church and what he's doing, I change my attitude towards what he's doing and all of a sudden I can do something more, all of a sudden I can reach to that higher level, I can go to that upward place that he's calling me, he's calling me to that other place man, to that other place, how do we know that Jesus wants one body, John chapter number 17 jesus prays. he says father let that glory that you and i shared before the time come back bring me back into that place where you and i we were tied he said father thank you for the unity that's between me i'm reading from the nic the nick translation thank you for the unity that is between you and me but let them the church the disciples let them be as one as you and I are one there is something about when you come to God and you dress yourself up in Christ just like Jacob dressed himself up in Esau that when God the Father reaches out his hand he chooses to be blind to the things that you did that was wrong and he touches you and he says I feel the wounds of my son Jesus the Christ you get the firstborn blessing come on I don't know about you but I feel the spirit of the Lord some of you are just sitting there like I didn't say anything that was great God bless you I feel that the church is is talking I feel that God is talking to the church this morning that when God, when you approach Him, you approach Him through the blood, the veil, and you come to the throne room of grace with boldness, you come because when He reaches out, He touches His own Son who He was well pleased with. And He was pleased with Him before He did anything. And then when He turned His back on Him at the cross so that you may become His righteousness, that's why Jesus cried out because it was the first time that He did not have communion with His Father, Eli, Eli, my Father, my Father, why have thou forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me in that very moment? He didn't have the communion with God that he had before. Why? So that God would have communion with you. God is calling us to a place of maturity. You can only be fruitful when a tree is ready to bear fruit. When the tree has reached a level of maturity, there is coming an unbundling, so to speak. Where one entity, that which the devil has done, falls apart, to another uh, to another entity, to the wheat, to the children of God, so that they may be captured, they might be come up higher with God. The word where we get rapture is from a Latin word, raptunio, where, where uh, the Vulgate was written, which is the Latin Bible, basically what the Catholics use. That word rapture was, was translated from the word harpuzio, which is Greek for... Uh, being snatched away snatched away and that's defined in 1, 1 Timothy 4 where, where God says I will catch up the church I will snatch up the church God wants to get his wheat he's ready for a harvest God only sent the rain to Noah when the ark was ready God is only going to come to the church when the church is ready we want to see the we're all prophesying that the end of the age i read an article from a rabbi this week in 2018 also gave a prophetic word to say he believes that the messiah has already been born now jews don't reject jesus as the messiah but here hear me because islam muslims jews and christians are all looking for the messiah we're looking for jesus to return jews are looking for the messiah to be born and islam is looking for muslims are looking for the final imam to come back every religion major religion in the earth is looking and expecting something has happened the earth itself is crying out the earth itself is changing it's not because of your car that produces too much uh, carbon dioxide it's not because you breathe too much or because we eat too much meat because the cows are pooping too much creating gas in the air changing the environment Because. Uh, uh that's another issue for another day but we know that the world is changing the climate is changing it's just not global warming I love how John Hagee drew out a picture and said at the end of the age the earth is going to burn that's your global warming (laughs) I love that it was very funny i enjoy it like John Hagee he's a cowboy uh but uh something is happening and the Jews are thinking of a Messiah coming, and he believes that one has been born, and they call it we have entered into the Messianic age. <laughs> oh, we are going to go into the Messianic age. That's when you and I are going to be raptured. That's when raptured. That's when you and I are going to be caught up into the air, and there's an unbundling taking place. But God wants to come when there is a maturity in the church, and it starts with you and I changing the way that we think change the way that you think about your brother change the way that you think about your father change the way that you think about your sister your uncle your auntie your cousin your friend we are covered by the blood of jesus and blood is thicker than water the blood of christ is thicker than any water that you could put to him amen and amen thank you so much for joining us please stand i want to pray and close off We're going to close off now. For those who are at our campuses, you guys are going to connect afterwards and enjoy. And please, please invite people. Please invite people. It's not so that they may just join the community, but so that they may join the kingdom. That they may join the kingdom. And just remember, as Judy asked, that we fast on the 30th. So if if you miss out on some nice lamb shank, blame Judy. So she's asked for us to fast on the 30th and I think it's a good idea for us to fast on the 30th. So we'll be fasting on the 30th and preparing ourselves spiritually and we'll be celebrating with Jesus on the 31st of October. We'll be celebrating because as we praise God, as we praise God, as Jehoshaphat danced before the Lord. Come on, get your dance on. As he danced before the Lord, God went before him and wiped out his enemies. As you praise the Lord, as David played on his harp, a distressing spirit left soul. I'm about to preach something else now. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll close. A, dis- a distressing spirit left soul. There is something about bringing in the worshipping and the praising of God into your home that causes discomfort for any devil father right now with this this presence that i'm sensing here father i pray over every person this morning father god listening to me and under the sound of my voice father that you would bless them that you would meet them that the presence of the lord be filled in their house and father as we get ready to be unbundled father let there be a maturity to the body of christ like never before let us far be it from us conversations about how we took on atheists and other people with other religions father it's not about that let us be like paul who who walked in athens and said here's statues of different gods but there's a statue here that says to the unknown god father let us attribute everything that we see to the unknown god and instead of trying to take on someone else's god father let us just point to the true god and father let us be true representatives of the kingdom of god and father let the kingdom of god progress father the kingdom of god that is in every individual listening to me the kingdom of god let that kingdom manifest on the outside let there come peace in every home. Let this week, Father, be a week where we meditate on the word and even the word that was shared today, that, Father, you are calling each one of us to a new place of maturity, to a new place, Father God, where we would change the way that we think and perceive. That, Father, we would change the way that we see you, change the way we see the church, change the way we see our brothers and our sisters, change the way that we see Cyril Ramaphosa, change the way that we see see father our government change the way we see our policemen change the way we see our teachers change the way we see father god show me father what you are saying over south africa and father lord jesus let us believe that pray to that work to that and let everything else be a distraction everything else is just but a distraction Father, I pray that you would bless every person this morning. Father God bless them, really, really bless them. Some of you just hear this too much, but really receive your blessing right now. Father bless them, yes, healing, come, come, come in the name of Jesus. I rebuke arthritis in the name of Jesus. Father let the pains in those hands go down right now. Father let the stress in that back go right now in Jesus name. Let those sinuses be cleared right now in Jesus Christ's name let the anointing flow and destroy the yoke father lord yes in the name of jesus we bind sickness and disease and we thank you that in christ jesus all things are possible thank you father for what you have done thank you jesus that we can trust you thank you jesus father god for what you're doing in our lives father we pray a blessing over every person this morning in jesus christ's name and until next time guys thank you so much for joining us have an awesome awesome sunday and i will see you guys next sunday no god bless you is to never worry for my life and to know you is to never give in a compromise and to know you is to want to tell the world about you because i can't live without you